Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, everyone. We are live on Facebook and YouTube. We are the Falcons podcast. It will be me this morning, Scott Kennedy. Uh, You can find me at Scout Kennedy on Twitter if you want to hit me up after the show or leave some messages in the comments or whatnot. And we will, uh, I'll get right back to you. I'm a OCD about making sure I respond back to the comments. YouTube's a little bit easier to do than Facebook. So if you're on Facebook and want to come find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. Pretty easy to find. I hope everyone is doing well this morning. As the chat opens up a little bit and uh, and the the notifications find their way out into uh, the internet verse, we'll say hello to some folks in the chat. I uh, want to talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Um, first thing I want to hit on is the Trey Lance rumor, uh, the light rumor. I use the rumor word strongly here. Trey Lance rumor that the Falcons allegedly made an offer to the San Francisco 49ers, or at least went out fishing of a second round draft pick for former number three overall pick, uh, Trey Lance, the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to hit on that a little bit. We're going to hit on Bijan Robinson's comments talking a little bit about uh, the defense, you know, putting the NFL on notice. I'm not talking about himself. I don't think he's one for that, but talking about the Falcons defense. We'll go through some of the things that he happens to be talking about, some of the personnel. And finally, I want to hit on um, several of ESPN's personnel rankings, and those aren't necessarily ESPN rankings. What they did do was uh, a good job of polling NFL executives, uh, scouts, players and coming up with a ranking based on those polls so ESPN did it but it's really NFL executive and personnel rankings which to me carries a little muster but still have a little issue with some of them naturally uh obviously we're not all going to agree 
on all of these things. So those are the three things I want to get to over the next 30 minutes or so. I want to say hello to some folks that have come into the chat already, like Jacqueline. Jacqueline Galloway says, good morning and rise up, y'all. We're up and good morning to you as well. Michael Ranquillo up nice and early. He's over from uh, from Arizona. Says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Nick is out hiking all over the place this summer. So he's taking Mondays off regardless. We'll be back on Monday. He'll be back on Mondays when we go to training camp, which is pretty close. So I would just say, let's just say August when we get back. Otherwise, it'll just be me on Mondays. Uh, and John Harrell saying good morning, everyone coming in over on YouTube. Denver Luke saying good morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well, Denver Luke. Appreciate you being here as well. So, Trey Lance, the uh, like I said, it was kind of the loosely based rumor. It was from someone I hadn't really heard of, but it's, it's done some work in the media and on the fantasy side of things, was saying that uh, a second round pick for Trey Lance for the Falcons headed this way. Um, let's just assume for a second that it is true. Is this a move that I would make if I was the Atlanta Falcons? Sure. Sure it would. Uh, why? It doesn't have anything to do with Desmond Ritter, other than the fact that Desmond Ritter is a, is, is relatively unproven, and um, it wouldn't cost much, you know, it, to to bring in the competition of two young guys. Um, the the big question I have with Trey Lance is why would San Francisco give up on Trey Lance so quickly for so cheap? Um, they've got up to six years of control of this guy. Uh, He's only in his third year of his contract. They spent a fortune to get him. If you remember, the the Miami Dolphins in 2021 had the number three overall pick. The Falcons were at number four. Oh, what the Falcons wouldn't have given to have that number three overall pick. Not because they wanted Trey Lance, but because the San Francisco 49ers traded three first-round draft picks to get up into that spot. So they traded with the Dolphins three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. Trey Lance was named the starter coming out of, of camp his first after his, his second year, so last year. First year was just kind of a learning curve for him. He played at North Dakota, I think, some small school, relatively inexperienced. Think Anthony Richardson, but not at a, a big Power 5 program for the Gators, but in a smaller program. So, you know, an acclimation period is probably pretty acceptable. Wins a job in his second year and gets hurt right away. So this guy's going from three first-round draft picks, a starter for the San Francisco 49ers who have Super Bowl aspirations, to eight months later, because this has been going on a while with Trey Lance now. Eight months later, you're talking about them giving up a a, a second-round pick, a third-round pick for Trey Lance. That doesn't make any sense to me. So let's say they would. There's a problem there. He has to get out. He's causing problems. I don't know. Whatever it is. And the Falcons could pick him up for a second round pick. Yeah, I'd do it. I would absolutely do it. Even if it was just to showcase him at times, to showcase Desmond Ritter, may the best man win the job, and then and then flip one of the other ones. A starting quarterback in this league is worth a first-round pick. If I've got two of those guys that's possible, I could at least flip him back and get a higher draft pick back for him while adding competition to the room. Do I think he is an immediate upgrade over Desmond Ritter? I don't know. I don't know. So as far as 
Would I do that to make my team immediately better? No. So let's be clear on that. No, I wouldn't. Would I do it because I could get a valuable asset for a relatively cheap cost and have competition with two young quarterbacks in my quarterback room? Yeah, I'd do it for that. Let me check in and see what uh, what, what some of y'all would think. And first off, I want to say hello to Denver Luke again, who's coming in with a $2 super sticker on YouTube. Thank you so much. Uh, a reminder, like Denver Luke has done, the best and most direct way to support the show and the stuff that Nick and I do on here is with super chats, super stickers, and Facebook stars. So thank you so much. And uh, Jacqueline doing the same thing, coming in, coming in green with a $10 super sticker. So thank you for helping out. I always like to say we're keeping the lights on. That's kind of what the, they say over on our Broncos channel, but keeps my forehead nice and shiny. This is a big space here, so keeping these bright lights on so you can see it nice. So thank you so much. And 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 Denver Luke reminding everybody to hit that like button. And if you haven't subscribed or hit the like, yes, please do. All right. So Brandon Swank has a comment. He says, with, uh, with, with Ritter, how many games will we win versus Lance, who would be on the team? So... This goes into the question, Ritter versus Lance, who would be the better quarterback? I think year one, Desmond Ritter would be the better quarterback. I, I was never sold on Trey Lance just because of all the things. You heard kind of the skepticism in my voice talking about his credentials when he was picked number three overall. Didn't play a whole lot. Played at a small school. Nice toolsy guy, but the 49ers giving up three first-round draft picks for him was an astonishing cost. And yes, if the Falcons were offered three first-round draft picks for that pick, if they were number three instead of number four, <laughs> if they didn't take it, they they would have been insane. I don't care how good you think Kyle Pitts was going to be. They were in a position where they needed as many, as many picks as possible to rebuild that team. And go for after you didn't get that, go for best available player. But my guy after Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence to me was the, the easy number one call. But if you remember... Three quarterbacks went one, two, three. It went Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Uh, I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I'm already forgetting Zach Wilson's name. That doesn't tell you how I thought about him. Trey Lance, one, two, three. But my guy in that two spot was Justin Fields, always. I can bring back things I've written, things I've said. Um, it was always Justin Fields. Zach Wilson was toolsy, but I like Justin Fields better. I liked the the grit he showed, the heart he showed, and uh at Ohio State with some of those big games he was in. And then Trey Lance was just too big of a question mark for me. Um, but a second-round pick? Sure, sure. Um, how many would they win if uh, with Ritter versus Lance? That's a great question, Brandon. I'm not sure that it would make a big difference because I think they're trying to build this team in the 49ers model, which is to be quarterback independent rather than quarterback dependent. You take Patrick Holmes, Mahomes away from the, the Chiefs, they probably win four, five, six less games, or certainly not in the winning the Super Bowl. Um, you take uh, Josh Allen and the Bills, questionable. However, the 49ers have a, built a team around the quarterback position where they just kept rotating guys in and kept winning um, as long as the rest of the pieces were, were, were still solid. When they faced the Falcons, they had a, injuries across the board. Um, but whether it was Garoppolo, Purdy, Lance, they felt pretty good about the position they were in. And I think that's the way the Falcons are set up this year. Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be a dynamic quarterback, thrower, game winner. He just happened, just has to not lose games. They had the, the 15th best scoring offense last year with Marcus Mariota 
and Desmond Ritter, but their defense was 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 problematic. Uh, it was problematic last year with the personnel. They have invested a ton of money in the defense. You take that 15th ranked offense, move it up a couple spots, 10, 12, move that defense from 28th to 15th, you're a playoff team. You're, you're a playoff team. Great question, Brandon. I don't think it would make that big a difference between Trey Lance, because I think Trey Lance is a good quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback. Uh, but they're both unproven at this point. Um, Chris Walker coming on Facebook says, good morning, Scott. Welcome back. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Chris. Um, I uh, I kind of did one of those humble brag things where I was announcing that I wasn't going to be here on Twitter. And why? I, I, I did 1,400 miles in about three and a half days yesterday, last week um, doing travel baseball. And my son was just killing the ball. So I put up a little clip of him hitting doubles hitting one over the fence saying, I'm not going to be here. I'm doing travel baseball. This is why. So it is good to be back it, it, at this age though. It took me all weekend to recover from going all day in the sunshine in Florida uh, at baseball and then driving eight hours and getting in at midnight, doing that twice. I was worn out. So definitely good to be back, Chris. Appreciate you being here. Um, David Garcia says, rise up. Good morning from Columbus, Ohio. This year will be different, better defense, and I believe in Ritter. All the weapons uh, for the for a playoff run. Have a good day. Appreciate you, David. I actually lived in Columbus for two years in a little suburb called Gehanna when I was uh, three and four years old, and then my parents moved me to Georgia when I was five. So I've been a Southern boy, but I was actually born in Ohio and lived right outside of Columbus. So, uh, and I wasn't the only one. I think the entire Midwest moved down to Georgia in the in the late seventies and early eighties. Uh, Joe Cannon coming in. Says, great morning, Scott. It's great to see you as well. Appreciate you being here, Joe. And Jason has a question. He says, why take Trey? He went to a small school and only played one year. Ritter played four seasons, 26-0 at home. Um, great question, Jason. And it's one of the things that, that I mentioned. One, I don't think the 49ers would give up a, give him up right now for a second-round pick. I, I After you invest all of that, and for me, if I could get an asset like him for a second round pick when I've got question marks at my quarterback position, even as he's to be, to come in and be a backup, to be a, a developmental, whatever for a second round pick, I think he'd be worth it. I, I would make that move. Uh, would it upset the dynamic? Not necessarily. Did Taylor Heineke upset the dynamic of this team? No, this is, this is Ritter's team. And if it is Ritter's team, he should be able to hold off a challenge from a guy like Trey Lance. For me, the whole reason why, Jason, is because I think Trey Lance is worth more than a second-round pick. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so forget the dynamics of it. Um, if you have questions about Desmond Ritter bringing in another good player like Lance, couldn't hurt, and I think the price is cheap if it's a second-round pick. I don't believe that's true. First off, I don't believe the Falcons went out and offered a second-round pick. Second, I don't think the 49ers would take a second round pick. So that was the Trey Lance rumors. I believe that that's what they are as rumors, but I wanted to just have a discuss. It's the middle of July, for goodness sakes, of let's talk about it and, and the, the feasibility of it. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the 49ers would do it, and I don't think the Falcons have offered. Um, but that's the whole reason I would be okay with that move is because I think Trey Lance is worth more than a second. 
Um, if he was worth three firsts and a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers 12 months ago, he's worth more than a second round pick. And I could get more than a second round pick for him. And why not? Why not upgrade your draft picks? Even if you're just flipping the guy, you're flipping houses. You know, it, it, that, that's the way I see it. I see him as an asset. Um, Keith Brugman coming in. Appreciate you coming in, Keith, supporting the show. He says, I heard Grady Jarrett speak on how having Campbell, Calais Campbell, is the biggest vet presence for him since Courtney Upshaw, his rookie year. The, the, the Calais Campbell signing to me was, you know, we, we've talked about on the show, what are the, you know, what were your favorite moves? You know, drafting B. John Robinson, signing Jesse Bates. And for me, I think my favorite move for this team was the Calais Campbell signing. Even if he's only playing 40% of the snaps for one year, the last time I can remember a player choosing the Atlanta Falcons because they liked the project, they liked where things were going, they thought, hey, I can go win with the Atlanta Falcons was Tony Gonzalez. When Tony Gonzalez left the Chiefs for the Falcons, he did so because he wanted to play in, in higher, a higher along in the playoff ladder, and he did. But that had never happened to me as an Atlanta sports fan before. It happened with the Braves, never with the Falcons. What A guy wants to come here because he wants to win the playoffs? What? Class Campbell could have played just about anywhere. He could have taken – he doesn't need the money. He didn't get a huge contract from the Falcons. He wanted to come and play here because he believed in the project. He believed in Arthur Blank and some of the things that he could do after sports. To me, that was a statement signing for the Atlanta Falcons that, hey, these guys are for real. People believe in what this franchise is doing in the direction of this club. So I uh, I'm, I'm a, was a big fan of the um, I was a big fan of the Calais Campbell's uh, signing. Jay Gribben, old buddy from Pope High School. How you doing, Jay? Hope you are doing well. Um, and Atlanta ATLF Treem. Says, how is he worth more than a second round pick when he stayed hurt and hasn't done anything or even looked good in the NFL? You know, that's a good question. How is he worth three first round draft picks when he'd only played one season at a second tier university in college football? Question. He was, though, wasn't he? He was to the San Francisco 49ers. He was worth three first round picks and he wasn't that far removed. Plus, he's like 22 years old. So if you believed he was worth even a first-round pick two years ago, coming in, winning the starter, he's been hurt once. You know, yeah, pretty pretty good injury. People can recover from those. Then does he go from three first-round picks, winning a starting position for a, cha- a team with Super Bowl aspirations? Because let's not forget, he did beat out a pretty good quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. They were shipping him off. Down to a second round pick, not for me. Not for me. Not the way people go quarterback crazy in this league, especially young quarterback crazy. Shoot, they could probably spend Zach Wilson for a second round pick, and he has looked god awful. Uh, the questions around Trey Lance are still potential. He hasn't shown that he can't do it. He just hasn't shown that he can. Well, that that's the same thing as any college draft pick. So for me, it hasn't really changed that much since he was coming out of college. How did you grade him coming out of college? Was it worth more than a, was it a second round pick or better? Okay, there's the answer to your question, ATL. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Brandon Swank had a question. He says, how do you feel about uh, DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans? 
that ended up being what would we see a two-year $26 million deal with enough guaranteed that'll probably be a one-year deal with a club option. Um, I think that's a good move for them. Uh, you know, they were trying to shed some payroll, but they're bringing him in on a one-year deal with a club option where they wouldn't be beholden to him beyond this season if they still wanted to hit the reset button. I think that's a good move for uh, for the Titans. Would I have liked to have seen him in Atlanta? Maybe. I don't think I don't think the Falcons would have had the money to try and do something like that. And, and, and I, I had that conversation. Someone hit me up in uh, in the in direct messages. I was like, he may be looking more for more than a one-year deal. He essentially got a one-year deal. So I don't know. Um, <clears throat> the Falcons could have used him for sure. They probably could have afforded him on a one-year deal. Um, I don't know how hard they went after him or if they believed in, uh, in the quarterback situation. I, I don't, I don't know those he's, I think he's a, being a, will be a pretty good pickup for the Titans though. Uh, Zach powers coming in says, good morning. Good morning with the coffee. Cheers to you, Zach. Appreciate you. And Philip Hogginson coming in says morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well. Sip of coffee. And, uh, our, our coffee patron, uh, Patrick Wiltsey is over in Hawaii. He sends us coffee from lioncoffee.com. So check them out, lioncoffee.com. Here's to you, Patrick. All right, let's put a pin unless you've got any burning desires to talk about Trey Lance some more. I'm going to I'm gonna put an end to Trey Lance. I think that was uh, this week's conversation. And unless he's playing against the Falcons sometime in the near future, I don't think we need to talk about Trey Lance anymore. Um, B. John Robinson last week, and the story f- from Dave Holcomb on allfalcons.com, uh, B. John Robinson was... was chattering a little bit in the news, but it was good chatter. He was saying, he was saying, uh, beware of this Falcons defense. They're looking good. Um, I, I mentioned last year, the offense was 15th in the, you know, 15th in the NFL in scoring. The defense was in the low twenties again, where they've been most of our lives, but they made a big investment this year. And the question is when we're talking about how many team, how many games can this team win? One of the questions is how quickly can the defense come together with all these new faces? The good news is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's nowhere really to go but up for this defense. Their their pressure on the quarterback is horrendous. Uh, They basically just tried to hang on and survive. They had Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell. Uh, They got some good good work from Taquan Graham last year. Uh, Abdullah Anderson played really well. But all these guys were practice squad guys. They were cast-offs from the Bears and Titans. Now you go in, you bring in Calais Campbell, you bring in David Onyemata on the defensive line, uh, you bring in Caden Ellis, 
who had seven sacks in 11 games last year, would have led the Falcons in 11 games last year. You bring in Jesse Bates. You take a swing on Jeff Akuda, who could be, who was, speaking of former number three overall picks, uh, I believe he was the year before. So if he was probably 2020 or 2019, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20, 21, 22, he would have been, this is his fourth year. So he would have been 2020, 2021, 22. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. So just three years ago, he was a number three overall pick. Maybe he can become scratch the surface on that. The Falcons did not pick up his fifth year option too. So like Caleb McGarry last year, he was in, he's now uh, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Maybe, and hopefully the Falcons are hoping like Caleb McGarry last year, he can have a terrific season and they'll go sign him to an eight figure deal. Uh, you know, yes, we'll be happy to give you 12 million a year to be a young corner opposite AJ Terrell. Now our defensive back room is set for the next half decade. That'd be nice. So uh, safety, Jesse Bates mentioned him. The, the players that they've brought in are not just one, two, three steps up from the players that they've had on the field the last couple of years. The Falcons have drafted on offense to try and build an offense long-term. Uh, with when you, when you think of the offensive line, most of those guys were homegrown that I can think. In fact, I think all of them are, honestly. If I go left tackle, Jake Matthews, uh, first-round draft pick. If I go uh, left guard, whoever's there, if it's Bergeron, who is, that's what they're hoping for. If I go left guard, Bergeron drafted this year. Drew Dahlman, he was drafted two years ago. Uh, right guard, Chris Lindstrom, first round draft pick four years ago. Caleb McGarry, first round draft pick four years ago. Uh, Desmond Ritter, draft pick. Tyler Algier, draft pick. Bijan Robinson, draft pick. Kyle Pitts, draft pick. Drake London, draft pick. That's the offense, guys. It's, they, they've built that. Now, if I do that on the other side of the ball, it's a lot of – it's Grady Jarrett, it's A.J. Terrell, Richie Grant, uh, Taquan Graham is in there, and then it's and then they've had to buy a defense. So like, listen, we the, the offensive skill guys, we're, we're building an offense. We're going to buy a defense now. We've got some free agency money. We're going to buy a defense. Bijan Robinson's been impressed with this defense and how quickly it come, can come together. And I think the last few few years of a putrid pass rush are done. Uh, they they have to be. If you combined the last two seasons of the Falcons' pass rush, they still would have only been middle of the pack last year. I think it was 18 sacks and like 22 sacks. That's 40 sacks. If they had 40 sacks last year, they still would have just been middle of the pack. That's how bad their pass rush has been. I think that's the next big piece for this team is an alpha pass rusher. Is Arnold Ibiketti that guy? Maybe. Uh, I, I think they probably would have gone edge the last two seasons if the right edge had been there. Uh, one of the guys I'm going to keep a, a close eye on that we liked was Lucas Van Ness. He would have been available in the spot that they took Bijan Robinson. And then obviously Georgia fans, everybody is going to keep an eye on Jalen Carter up in Philadelphia that's probably the direction I would have gone uh, with that number eight pick, but I, I got no complaints with Bijan Robinson. He's he's going to be a guy. He's a, a dynamic dynamic weapon. Gary Palmer coming in with the super chat. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you coming in and showing support. He says good morning, Scott. Good morning to you, Gary. Hope all is well. Looking forward to seeing you out in Denver when we go out there for the the meet and greet as well. Um, and thank you for the support to to all of you so far that have come in. Denver, Luke. Jacqueline, 
uh, Gary, um, like I said, helps keep the lights on, helps keep my forehead nice and shiny. Uh, Jay Gribben has a great question. Uh, he says, what's up with Caleb Hundley? Will he be back this year? Does Frank Darby make the squad? Great questions. Um, Caleb Huntley, I believe it was an Achilles that he did, which is a mother of an injury. Um, I saw a 20-year-old soccer player do an Achilles, and I don't think he ever really came back for it um, from it, it to, to full speed. So I hope he's back, at least even on the practice squad. If I if I look at the three guys, if I've got Bijan and if I've got Tyler Algier 1-2, and then I've got Cordero Patterson as my X factor. I don't know that there's a spot on the 53 for Caleb, but hopefully he can at least be a pri- If he gets picked up in the NFL for, from another team and put on the 53, I'm going to say, good for you. Congratulations. Go make a living, kid. Um, but I think he would probably be a practice squad guy while he comes back fully 100% from that injury and then buys his time. And hopefully, hopefully he gets a shot in the preseason because he is a guy who can play in this league, but the running back room for the Falcons, come on, man. I mean, Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, and, and Cordero Patterson, yes, please. <laughs> um, it's going to be tough for him, especially coming off an injury, to 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 get carries, to get touches. But uh, I really like the guy. I like the way he he runs the ball, and I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. Keith Brugman comes in. He says, first objective to build your roster to win your division. What team in the division is best built to compete with the Falcons? Are the Falcons the favorites to win? Um, I don't think they're the favorites to win. I think right now the Saints are probably the favorites to win, but they're not big favorites. There's neither. None of the teams have a lot proven right now. Um, the one, the team that won it last year is the team that's considered the least likely to win it this year, and that's Tampa Bay. And then the other three teams were seven and ten. One of them has a new coach and a rookie quarterback. That's the Carolina Panthers. Really good defense. I like their roster. The Saints, post Sean Payton, were meh. And they bring in Derek Carr, assuming he's healthy. You know, let's see how he does. But, you know, Jameis Winston, I believe, is still there also. Solid roster. Lost some guys to free agency. Lost a defensive coordinator to the Falcons. Lost two pretty good free agents to the Falcons. But that's, that's not all. So they had some, some attrition as well. The Falcons, now I know them better, so I might be biased, but it doesn't necessarily make me wrong. I think they got the best offensive line in the division. They've got the best running back room in the division. They have questions at quarterback. They have questions at wide receiver beyond uh, Drake London. But I can line up a weapon of five with Bijan Robinson in the slot, Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson, and Tyler Algier in the backfield. My five playmakers are as good as anybody's. They they really are. Um, and then how quickly can the defense come together in order to compete for the playoff level? I think it's going to be better than last year, without a doubt. Like I said, they set the bar so low that just through osmosis, this team's going to be better on defense. Can they go out and win 10 games? I think so. I think so. I, I, I'd consider 9-8 and eight a little bit of a disappointment for this Falcons team. 10 and 7. I'm still not quite used to the 17 game schedule. 10 and 7, uh, I think is realistic. So, you know, I don't know. It's considered the second weakest division behind the AFC South, or if not the the weakest division for a reason. Someone's got to stand up and take it and then make some noise in the playoffs to to sh- shut those folks up. For a while, this was one of the toughest divisions 
in the NFL when all four teams go to the Super Bowl in a in a in a decade span with, with the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons. Um, and they were always swapping out who was winning the division. Um, the, well, I know Denver fans have asked, how come the the Saints didn't win more with Drew Brees and Sean Payton? Because NFC South was a mother during that that span. It was tough. The Falcons were in the best years of their history. The the Buccaneers went up. Super Bowl for the first time in their history. The NFC South was tough. Um, finally, before we get out of here, I want to talk about the the uh, ESPN's ranking, their poll ranking of their interior offensive linemen. And I was a little surprised. Again, they com- they conduct a poll of NFL execs, personnel, uh, scouts, and players to compile these these rankings. So you know, it's it's decent. But kind of like voting for you know the all-star games, a lot of it is on reputation and, and what have you done in the past. There's an old saying in the MLB all-star game that you get it the year after you deserve it, and maybe you hang on a little bit too long. So Chris Lindstrom was ranked the number seven interior lineman by uh by this poll. And ahead, you know, behind a guy like Quentin Nelson, who Quentin Nelson hasn't been good for two years. Not good. He's been average for two years, but he was still number three based on reputation. You know, in, in the comments here, uh, Lindstrom's breakout year in Atlanta ended with a Pro Bowl appearance. But it wasn't his breakout year. He's been good for several years in a row. Um, and he's the highest paid guard in history. We knew that. But one NFL personnel evaluator says, really good player. He's a technician. The only thing holding him back from the top, top tier is he's a bit dependent on the zone blocking scheme he's in. I don't know if he would be as good if he was in another scheme. <sighs> Have you seen him play? Big, fast, mobile, nasty, and technique plays in any freaking scheme. If there is anybody that is zone independent, that is scheme independent on this team, it is Chris Lindstrom. He hasn't just been good one year. He's been good since he was a rookie. Go ask, you know, PFF if you believe in anything they did. He was the highest graded player in football last year. And the other part of this is, is the hypocrisy I start seeing. Tyler Algier wasn't among the top 10 running backs. Okay. You know, I I think he probably deserves to be there, but he hasn't done it long enough. Was he a flash in the pan? Is it scheme dependent? Scheme, scheme, scheme. Okay. None of these guys are any good. It's all on scheme. So why do you rank Arthur Smith the 28th best head coach in the NFL? Hmm? Huh? If these players aren't any good and they're just getting by because of the scheme, the coach has to be pretty good then too, right? They can't all be bad and have success. So the hypocrisy around the Atlanta Falcons on this will not go away until they have a complete team and start putting up 12 win seasons because that's how you get the respect in the NFL. I'm not saying the Falcons should be getting more respect, but when you start dogging the individuals who deserve it based on the collective, I have a problem with that because they're individual rankings. And Chris Lindstrom is top three at worst. If you say Zach Martin, okay, fine. After that, it gets really, really questionable. Who on earth was better than Chris Lindstrom? Watch the guy. Oh my God. And call him scheme dependent. I don't know if he'd be better in another scheme. Well, then, then why knock him down? If he's incredible in his scheme, how many of these guys have played in different schemes? You know, 
and 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 I, I can't stand scheme dependent players. Chris Lindstrom ain't one of those. If I'm dependent on a scheme, I'm not good enough. He's mobile, he's strong, he's got good technique, and he's nasty. He never takes a playoff. What more are you looking for in an offensive lineman, man? So, um, and, and Ryan comes in. Good to see you, Ryan. He says, Quentin Nelson looked like complete crap last year. Almost got Ryan killed. Yeah, the, 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 and here's the thing. The quotes on, this was from ESPN+. Plus. Um, the quote on, uh, on Nelson, maybe a bit harsh, but the tape was not good. The whole Colts line was bad and overpaid. Yet I ranked him ahead of Chris Lindstrom. So again, it's a reputation pick on that one. Uh, it, it really is. And you know, Ryan Adon, Ryan comes back. He says every team would start Chris Lindstrom today. Yeah, I don't know if Zach Martin's left guard. You know, but okay, I'd find a spot to move one or the other one to have them both on the field at the same time. On that note, y'all, we're gonna get out of here. We we'll we will be back Wednesday live at 9 a.m. Um, so come back and join us. We're getting closer to camp. And we'll start doing some camp previews and stuff as we get into this because it's right around the corner. want to say a special thanks to Denver Luke, Jacqueline Galloway, and Gary Palmer for coming in and bringing the Super Chats. Again, that's the best way to uh, to directly support the, uh, the, the effort here and the stuff that we're doing. So appreciate you doing that. Keith over on Facebook, Michael Rankio on Facebook, Jay, uh, Joe, Brandon, all y'all, Chris, it was great having you here today. Make sure you join us back. And if you haven't already, hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Check us out on Apple Pods. Give us a review at Falcons Podcast. And until then, y'all have a great day, and we'll see you next time.